since 9-11, countless hours and countless dollars have been spent on safety and security. We live in a time where we do not feel very safe and secure. You think back to, the, to that day, to, to that Tuesday, September 11, 2001, and you think about what a scary day that was. But you know, if you go back 10 years before that, into the 1990s, there were scary days then too. I think about the first attack on the World Trade Center in New York City. I think about the bombing of the federal building in Oklahoma City. How many of you remember that day? I was in college. I think back to uh, the, the attack on the USS Cole and other, other uh, times when our country was attacked in different ways. We were not feeling very safe. And then those fateful events of 2001, of September 11, 2001, and we really didn't feel safe. We watched those two planes crash into that to the World Trade Center, and then one in the field in Pennsylvania, and another one into the Pentagon in Washington, D.C., and we knew that things would never be the same. It's scary times. And then after, shortly thereafter, the anthrax uh, attacks, and we wondered what was going on. My wife was on a plane coming back from Orlando, Florida, and I was picking her up at the airport in Indianapolis, and her plane, all of a sudden, um, and this would only happen to my wife, <laughs> Uh, the plane lands, and all of a sudden, emergency vehicles of every kind come out of nowhere, and the plane doesn't taxi up to the airport, but the plane stops in the middle of the runway. And all these emergency vehicles come out. And uh, I, I got on my cell phone, I was texting with her, and she said there was a, a strange white powder found on the plane. Scary times. Scary, scary times. And now, some guy decides he's going to put a bomb in his shoe, and now you can't get on a plane without taking off your shoes, right? Scary, scary times. Very little safety, very little security. And that's just world events, terror attacks and things like that. Think about our own area, uh, the things that you watch the news and you wonder, when is someone we love going to be the victim of violence? You, you, you look at you watch the news and you hear about these war zones all around us over gangs and drugs. And you wonder, how in the world are we going to be safe? We wonder if we're safe to even leave our homes. And then, and then what happens? You send your little one off to school and you, read, you hear about school shootings. And you feel like, my kid's not even safe. We, we send them off for six, seven, eight hours a day. And we wonder, is my kid going to make it home tonight? And it's scary. It's terrifying. Are our children safe? Are we safe? Are the ones we love safe? Is there any security in our world? You know, we spend billions of dollars on defense to try and keep our country safe. And yet there are still attacks and shootings and things like that. We, uh, we spend even more money on security systems. We spend more money on law enforcement. And we wonder why it doesn't get any better. We're scared. You don't have to raise your hand but unless you want to, but how many of you are scared today? scary world it's a scary world in which we live and we're living terrified lives because we're so scared 
We're scared that something might happen to us. Something might happen to a loved one, to our children. Something might happen to our nation. And we're afraid that it is going to get a whole lot worse. And that it might never get any better. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're starting a new sermon series today called Psalms in the Key of Life. And if it sounds familiar, you may be familiar with the 1970s Stevie Wonder album, Songs in the Key of Life. And it's kind of what this is not really based on. No, this is just <laughs> over the summer here, we're going to look at different psalms uh, throughout the psalm book uh, from the Old Testament. And we're going to talk about different psalms and how they apply to our lives today. Uh, we're looking at these psalms and we're going to see how these ancient songs from Israel's hymn book speak to our lives. Now, the psalms is made up of 150 different songs uh, that reflect the gamut of human emotion. Uh, there's songs that are full of praise and worship and adoration to God. There are songs that are full of joy and happiness. Uh, songs that uh, are cheerful and sometimes hopeful. Some songs that are full of fear and even despair. So we're going to look at these psalms all summer long. And then I want to invite you also, once again, to our new Bible study starting on Monday nights at 6.30. And we're going to look at the psalm that I preach on on Sunday, we're going to take a deeper look at that on Monday nights. And the Monday night study is going to be probably about a, just about an hour long uh, as we dive deeper into like the Hebrew and, and things like that and into the historical context of the Psalms. Um, and so we're going to do this for the summer. Uh, and uh, we'll do that, like I said, every Monday night after I preach on Sunday uh, at 6.30 p.m. Uh, and that's called feedback, and I'm really excited about it, and, and I want to hear what you think. And so while you're taking notes on your outline today, if you plan on coming to Bible study tomorrow night, make sure you write down any questions that may come to mind, uh, and you can ask those tomorrow night. Uh, today's psalm that we're going to look at is Psalm 121, and uh, we're going to look at the question of where does true safety and security come from? Where can we, how can we truly feel safe and secure? There's an old hymn called Leaning on the Everlasting Arms, and it talks about how uh, when we're leaning on Jesus, that we're safe and secure from all alarms. And today we're going to see that that is true. Uh, so grab your Bible, turn to Psalm 121, and grab your bulletin and turn to page 3 to the handy-dandy outline, and you can take some notes uh, starting right now. The first blank on your outline is, the Lord helps us by his power. And we're going to look at verses 1 and 2 of Psalm 121. It's a song of ascent. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Now you'll see there that the psalmist uh, indicates that this is one of the songs of ascent. Now the song of ascents uh, are songs that the, they're traveling songs. Uh, that when the people would travel from their homes up to Jerusalem, Jerusalem was located up on a hill and they would, they would, uh, ascend up to Jerusalem for the different feasts and festivals that took place there. There were three major feasts that took place in Jerusalem. And so they would climb these, uh, climb towards Jerusalem. Uh, they would ascend toward Jerusalem for these feasts. One of them uh, you've heard of, I'm sure, is Passover. So when they were going to the Passover feast, they would ascend toward Jerusalem. That's why these songs are called the songs of ascent. Now, like I said, these are traveling songs. How many of you, when you were a kid, uh, or as w when you have kids, how have you sang songs on your trips? Anybody sing songs? On your Wheels on the bus go. And round and round and they never, ever stop. 
The wheels never stop turning. The song just goes on and on. 99 bottles of Pepsi on the wall? No? It's a church. It's a church. But on the way to Jerusalem, these are the songs that the people would sing, that the worshipers who were going to Jerusalem, this is the songs that they would sing. And so the psalmist begins Psalm 121 by talking about the mountains. And again, Jerusalem's up on a hill surrounded by mountains. And so uh, he's, he, he describes what he's seeing as he's ascending toward Jerusalem. He looks and he sees the mountains. Now, mountains and hills are beautiful. It's beautiful, natural uh, uh, beauty. Uh, and like my family, uh, for the last few years, we've gone to Gatlinburg each summer for vacation. And when you go to Gatlinburg, you drive, you know, across the flatlands of Indiana and through the cornfields. And then you get down to Kentucky and you start to see a little bit of hills. And then you get into Tennessee and the hill, it's even hillier. And then you get all the way over to the Appalachian Mountains in Gatlinburg. And now you're in mountains. And it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Uh, the mountains are, are lovely. And, and they're tall and they're majestic. Um, <coughs> it's 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 just natural wonder and beauty. And mountains uh, provide a natural source of security, right? That mountains are hard to uh, climb over uh, when you're coming on camelback or donkeyback uh, or horseback. When you think about uh, in Jesus' day or in the psalmist's day, uh, the mountains formed a natural barrier to protect cities and nations. Because they're harder to take all your weaponry and all your stuff over and chariots over the mountains. Uh, and so they form a natural barrier, a natural security uh, barrier. But they also have some danger to them. He looks to the mountains and he thinks, I should be safe and secure here because of these mountains. But in reality, they're also kind of dangerous because bandits and thieves and robbers would hide out in the mountains. They'd hide around the passes and they would attack people who were coming through the mountains. And so while he should feel safe and secure in the mountains, the psalmist also feels a bit of trepidation at what could happen in the mountains. Um, so what should have been a place of refuge and should have been a place of security and safety is a dangerous place. So the psalmist lifts his eyes to the hills. He lifts his eyes to the mountains and he begins to wonder, well, where does my help come from? My help doesn't come from these mountains because there's danger there. So where does my help come from? Is it from the mountains? Is it from the hills? Is my help found in nature? No. He says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. True safety and security is not found in creation, but rather true safety and security is found in the creator. True safety and security is found in the creator. It is the Lord who is the one who helps us. He is the maker of heaven and earth. He is powerful enough to create everything, everything from the from the plants of the earth to the mountains, to the to the seas, uh, to the planets, to the universe. God has created everything and he is powerful enough to create everything. He is the maker of heaven and earth and true safety and security is found in him. He helps us by his power and God is powerful. He can do anything and he can do everything in mark chapter 10 jesus said that all things are possible with god that nothing is impossible for god absolutely nothing is impossible for him he helps us in our times of worry and he helps us in our times of fear god is on our side we have nothing to fear for god is on our side romans 8 31 says 
what shall we say? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is for us, who can be against us? If God is on our side, who can possibly stand against us? And the answer is no one. No one can can stand against us. God is our helper when we are afraid. He And by his power, he can deliver us and he can rescue us and he can save us. By his strength, he can protect us. By his might, he can defend us. God is on our side. God is with us. That's one of the blessings of when we talk about Christmas time and we hear the name Emmanuel. That literally means God is with us. When God sent his son Jesus, he sent himself to be with us. Don't look to the mountains for strength. Look to the one who made the mountains and he will give you strength. Strength to overcome fear. Strength to overcome doubt. Strength to overcome worry. Strength to overcome anxiety. God has the power to help us overcome our weakness. He has the power to help us overcome our worry. He is able to deliver us, and He is able to strengthen us. The question is, will we trust Him? Will we trust Him to deliver us, to defend us, to strengthen us, to give us power, to help us overcome the worries and the fears of life? Will you trust Him? The second blank on your outline is the Lord watches us always. The Lord watches us always. Look at verses 3 through 8. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going, both now and forevermore. There is a word that is used in this passage over and over again. What word is it? Do you see what it is? Watch. It is the word watch. It's used five different times in this passage. Do you know what this tells me about God? It tells me that that, that He is a a loving God who is concerned for his creation, that God is a has a loving concern for his people, that God's care and God's concern for his people are constant. Notice what the psalmist says, that God is always awake. He never slumbers. He never sleeps. Kind of like my seven-year-old. Never runs, <laughs> never stops running. But God never slumbers. He never sleeps. He never falls asleep at the wheel. God is always awake and he is always watching us. 24-7, 365, God is on his throne and he is watching us and he is awake. He's better than any home security system, better than Brinks or ADT. God is watching us all the time. His care and his concern are constant. Even as we come and even as we go, God is watching us. He is watching over us. There is nowhere you can go that God will not see you. Now that's reassuring in one way, and it's scary in another. It's reassuring because we know that God has always got on our side. He's always awake. He's always watching us, always protecting us. And yet at the same time, it's scary. Because it means that we can't hide anything from God. We may think we're getting away with it, but God sees it. He knows it. He knows what we're doing. He is watching us always. 
There is nowhere you go that God cannot see you. There is nowhere you go that God will not watch over you. You cannot hide. God's loving, watchful eye is always on you. I told a story in the first service about a, a time when, uh, when I was at, uh, youth, in youth group at Crown Point First Christian Church, and we went up to Chicago uh, and stayed in, in an area that was just infested with gangs. I can't believe my parents let me go. Uh, but uh, I was like 14 years old, but we're, we're staying in, the, in a church up there and staying in the gym, and, and uh, we're, we're uh, listening to a, a former gang member give his testimony, and he told us about how when he was in high school, his dad was always watching him and always hassling him and always harassing him, and he said, Dad, why are you always watching me? Why are you always harassing me? Why are you always hassling me? And he said, My son, don't you understand? I love you so much that I can't take my eyes off of you. That's what God does with us. He loves you so much, and he is so concerned for you that he can't take his eyes off of you. He is always, always watching us. There's never a time when God is not watching you. He, the, the psalmist says that he watches you now and forevermore. God's loving, watchful eye is always on you. And there's one more thing that this tells me about God's care and concern. His care and concern are eternal. His care and concern are eternal. He watches over us both now and forevermore. Now, what does that mean for us? It means that God's eternal vigilance will never let us down. That God will never, ever stop watching us. He is watching over us with care and concern and we can take safety and security in that thought. I want to share with you three Proverbs that talk about safety and talk about God's concern. Um, actually, before I do that, I want to read a passage from 1 Peter. I got ahead of my notes a little bit. 1 Peter 5, 7 says that we can cast all our anxiety on him because he cares for us. Peter says to cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We can give all of our burdens of worry and anxiety to God. We can give him all of our concern. We can give him all of our cares. And we can place them on the Lord knowing that he is big enough to handle them. That he can take care of us. That he cares for us. And then what a wonderfully reassuring thought to know that God cares for us. I think about a story from the Gospels when Jesus and his disciples were on a boat and, the, and a storm came up on the Sea of Galilee and the disciples were terrified. They were afraid. They thought they were going to die. And they came to Jesus who was sleeping in the boat and they said, Don't you care if we drown? Don't you care if we die? What an interesting question. Jesus, we've seen you do all these amazing things for people and now you don't even care that we're going to die? Of course he cared. Jesus was in charge the whole time, and he spoke peace in the storm, calmed. But see, in our lives, we too ask this question. When we're going through a hard time, when we're going through difficult days, when we have some kind of disease or illness, when we have some kind of financial struggle, or we're hurting in some way emotionally, our hearts are breaking, and we look to the sky and we say to God, God, don't you care? The answer is yes. God does care. And he is watching us all the time in loving care and concern. He is concerned for you. You can cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. Uh, in 1 John chapter 3.16, we see how, how we know that God loves us and is concerned for us. In 1 John 3.16, it says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. 
Jesus laid down his life for you and me. He went to the cross and he suffered and died for our sins so that we could be forgiven. And if we will believe in him and repent from our sins and confess our faith in him and be baptized, we will be saved. We'll be washed clean. We will be forgiven and set free. God sent Jesus to die for our sins so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life and eternal life. Are you trusting the one who watches over you? The last blank on your outline is the Lord protects us from all harm. The Lord protects us from all harm. Verse 3, and then we're going to look at verses 5 through 7. Verse 3 says, he will not let your foot slip. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. And verses 5 through 7, the Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The psalmist took great comfort knowing that God would never let his foot slip during life's journey. That as he journeyed towards heaven, that there were going to be times when he would have uh, moments of fear and moments of worry, that he would fear that his foot would slip. And yet he says, the Lord will not let your foot slip slip and then he says in verse uh, verses five and six that he would be kept from all harm and then whether it be harm in the day or harm in the night when the sun was shining when the moon was shining the lord will keep you from all harm and then verse seven is just a general statement that the lord will keep us from all harm during our life's journey you know we need safety we need security we need to know that we are being watched over. We need to know that we are being protected. We need to know that God is watching over us. We need that safety and security, and it is the Lord who provides it. He provides safety and security for our lives. I want to share, like I said earlier, I want to share three verses from Proverbs that talk about how the Lord keeps us safe. The first is Proverbs 18.10. Rachel read it during our, our worship service. It says, the name of the Lord is a fortified tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. And then in Proverbs 28, 18, it says, the one whose walk is blameless is kept safe. But the one whose ways are perverse will fall into the pit. And then Proverbs 29, 25 says, fear of man will prove to be a snare. But whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. The righteous who seek safety and security from the Lord, will be kept safe. And rather than seeking safety and security by our own efforts, instead of trying to do it on our own and trying to make ourselves secure and make ourselves safe, our efforts are feeble. Our efforts are frail. We'll never be able to do it. We will never have true safety and security apart from trusting in the Lord. That it is when we trust in God, He will protect us. He sees us. He watches us. He is aware of everything going on around us. He knows what is going on in our lives. And no matter what, He has promised that He will deliver us to our, our safe and secure heavenly home. We will have troubles in this life. Anybody here not have any troubles? Oh, I don't see any hands. No, no troubles? No troubles? Good for you. Praise the Lord for that. I got troubles right here in River City. Capital T. That rhymes with E. That stands for everything. Thank you, Music Man reference. Um, 
we are going to have troubles in this life. And too often those troubles are a result of our own doing. We, we, we mess things up, right? Anybody not mess their life up in one way or another? I messed my life up. I've made mistakes. I've, made, I've committed sins. I've done things that have resulted in consequences that I'm not very proud of. I've made a mess of my life from time to time. But if I will live a life, and if you will live a life, and if we will live lives of righteous obedience, we will find that there is far less harm and trouble in our lives than if we rebelliously disobey God. Now, does this mean that harm is never going to come our way? Nope. We live in a broken world, folks. You know this. I know this. We live in a broken world. There are broken people in this world who will seek to harm us, who seek to harm you, who seek to harm me. Let us trust in the Lord to protect us. Let us trust in the Lord to justify us. Trust in your heavenly Father to watch over you and to defend you. He is the great defender. And he will defend you and watch over you and protect you and give you the safety and security that you desire. There was a group of botanists who went on an expedition into a very hard-to-reach place in the Alps, searching for new varieties of flowers. One day, as the scientist looked through his binoculars, he saw a beautiful, rare species down at the bottom of a deep ravine. To reach it, someone would have to be lowered on a rope down into the gorge. Noticing a local youngster standing nearby, they explained to him what they were trying to do. And the man asked him if it would be okay if, if he would help them get the flower. The boy was told that a rope would be tied around his waist, and the men would then lower him into the floor of the canyon. Excited yet apprehensive about the adventure, the youngster peered thoughtfully into the chasm. Wait, he said, I'll be right back. And he, uh, and he dashed off. When he returned, he was accompanied by an older man. Approaching the head botanist, the boy said, I'll go over the cliff now and get the flower for you. But this man must hold on to the rope. He's my dad. You see, he was safe in his father's arms. And you and I can be safe in our father's arms. In our heavenly father's arms. You know, I, I talk about my son from time to time, and there's one thing he does every night when we get ready for nighttime prayer. He jumps up on his bed, and he runs to me, and he leaps into my arms. Now, my little guy weighs 74 pounds at age 7. He is a monster. And it's like someone taking a bag of concrete and throwing it at you. And, uh, but he does it without thought. He jumps up, and he runs at me. He jumps off the bed into my arms. And why does he know he's gonna, that I'm going to catch him? Because I'm his dad i'm his father and he knows my dad's gonna catch me right god will catch you he is your heavenly father there is nothing that he cannot do there is no he is infinitely strong and he can catch you and he will watch over you and he will protect you and he will defend you if you will put your faith and trust in him he has got you in his grip he has got a hold of the rope and you may feel like you are hanging by a thread, and you may feel like you are at the end of your rope, but on the other end of that rope is your Heavenly Father, and He is holding on tight, and He will not let you go. He is your protector as you journey along through this life, and He will keep you from harm, and He will keep you from injury. He will not let your foot slip. He will not let your foot fall. Turn to Him to protect you from harm and to deliver you from all evil. Trust in Him 
to watch over you. Trust in him to protect you and to care for you because that is what he does. He loves you and he is concerned for you and he will protect you all the days of your life. God is watching us. And with apologies to Bette Midler, it is not from a distance. That God is right here with us, watching over us, protecting us and defending us. God is watching us with the intense gaze of a loving father. Our world is scary, let's face it. And there is not much safety and there is not much security. But there is only one true source of safety and security who will never let us down. And God will never let you down. Our Heavenly Father's loving arms are the safest place in the universe. Don't look to the mountains for safety. Look to the one who made the mountains. And he will protect you. Trust him, for he has got you. And he will protect you and defend you because he loves you.